BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Episode 773 of I Doubt It Podcast. Thank you for joining us. I am your host, Jesse Dollimore, joined today by the lovely, the talented, and indeed the scholarly Brittany Page, everybody. How are your feet doing? Let's talk about your feet. That's a weird, that's a weird way to start the show. Everyone wants to hear about how your feet are doing. <laughs> well, Brittany bought yeah. these things, I believe, on Amazon. Dot com, this website you guys may know of, uh-huh. called Baby Feet. Yes. You know what they're called? Baby Feet? Uh-huh. And it's this b- booty, little footy-like thing that's plastic that's filled with some kind of a, uh, a demon-possessed gel <laughs> that causes your skin, your rough callus skin on your feet, your heels and feet, and apparently your toes and everywhere else. To die and fall away. Yes. Gently. It's supposed to be gently. (laughs) Although, when you take a shower, it looks violent and freakish. (laughs) Yeah, you keep your feet in the booties for an hour. And they tell you to soak your feet before you do... This isn't an ad, by the way. (laughs) This is just, we decided to do this on a whim. Because our feet were a little... Looking terrible, probably, right? A little bit. Just a little terrible You don't seem situation. very committed to the prospect of the, the shittiness of our feet. They were pretty bad. So we decided... <laughs> well, I wear flip-flops everywhere. Yeah. Well, and since moving to D.C., my skin has been very dry. 
extremely dry. Yeah, well, winter. Yeah, it's been a bummer. I think we just got dropped into winter, and it's been a nightmare not having a slow adjustment period to it. Just Taking dropped. its toll on your little feetsies. Yeah, well, and everywhere else. So it, it actually worked pretty well. It took probably five days to get going, which is strange that you would put your feet in gel for an hour, wash it off, and then five days later, your feet start peeling. But that's how it works. And they have been peeling for a few days now, which is pretty gross, but we keep our socks on. It Seriously, my fo- feet look like fucking Freddy Krueger. <laughs> it was burn victim <laughs> McGee over here on my feet. I... It was definitely shocking how much it was it's peeling. It's still happening. It's not as crazy, but it's... See, it, I am going to have baby feet by the end of this thing. Well, that's the hope. They will be soft and supple and just ready to go for, for wiki feet. Yeah. If there's going to be a Jesse Dollimore entry on WikiFeed, <laughs> now would be the time, everybody. Well, I love the grift that this company has going because <laughs> I, I went and I looked up how often they recommend that you do this, and they recommend that you do it every two months. There's no way. <laughs> Who's going to do this every two My months? My toes would be falling off. I mean, it seems excessive. <laughs> seems very excessive. I would, I would be afraid to do it that often. I would say maybe twice a year. Maybe. Well, maybe. I don't know. Because I think people get pedicures pretty often. I yeah, but are they taking a like, a, like, a, like a, a belt sander to your heel to get all that? I, I can't imagine that in, in six months it's going to be built back up. Well, no. The point is that it's maintenance. I think the people who do get pedicures on oh. a regular basis don't need the, what did you call it? A belt sander yeah. taken to their feet. They don't need that because they've been going regularly, and so they have been keeping up the maintenance on their feetsies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I would love to know if anybody else out there has <laughs> tried the baby feet. Look up pictures of it. It's quite horrifying. Just- oh, I haven't looked up pictures. Oh, yeah, you can look up. I mean, know. other than the ones I've taken and texted to you in horror. Yeah. <laughs> Of what's happening to my feet. You should just randomly send it to people who don't know what you're doing and say, look at my feet. What's going on? What other kinds of products can we find (laughs) to experiment on ourselves? No, we're not going to be experimenting. This had good reviews. And I mean, all of the positive reviews were from like paid advertisers. I I was going to say, you can't trust reviews on Amazon. (laughs) This person was paid to write this review. Speaking of a grift. (laughs) God damn, that's terrible. Yeah. It anyway. worked out, though. It's okay. I think our feet will be fine. <laughs> and more attractive. I, I hope they don't melt done. off and I'll have like one cartoon pirate leg that's just a peg. I would hope so. I would hope so. <laughs> Not good. Alarming. Seriously. It's, Baby feet. It's getting better. This episode brought to you by We'll See What Happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're happy to be back with you. Not the most robust news cycle in between shows. Mm-hmm. However, a couple things did happen. We have been talking about Joe Rogan mm-hmm. and his nonsense and Spotify's seeming refusal to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan's a guy who likes to be the, I'm just asking questions. I'm just having conversations with interesting people. Mm-hmm. That's kind of his shtick. Mm-hmm. Although the people that he's having conversations with, for the the vast majority of, seem to be conspiracy theorists. Yes, 
occasionally he'll sit down with the Sanjay Gupta. Well, the one time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then on every other episode, he mocks Sanjay Gupta after having had him on. That's my point, is that the vast majority of his episodes are either MMA dum-dums or failed right-wing comedians like Jim Brewer, or now, now uh, cons- straight-up conspiracy, conspiracy theorists who call into question the efficacy or even the safety of the vaccine. Yeah. Well, finally, it looks like Spotify has gotten into his ear. There certainly were some higher level meetings there because Joe Rogan both released um, a video about it and the Spotify CEO has responded as well. Tonight, the pressure building on Spotify, their CEO now speaking out. It is important to me that we don't take on the position of being content censor while also making sure that there are rules in place and consequences for those who violate them. For days now, music artists have been ramping up pressure, accusing the technology giant of giving a large platform to Joe Rogan, who often has guests on his podcast who question accepted COVID science. Rogan's has gotten in trouble many, many times before. They tend to blow over. Music legend Neil Young protesting the podcast and asking for his music to be pulled from Spotify. Joni Mitchell threatening to do the same. Today, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle joining the list of celebrities calling on Spotify to address COVID misinformation. The couple has an exclusive multi-year podcast deal with the company. Spotify says they are working in part to add content advisory to any podcast episode that includes a discussion about COVID-19, in addition to an information hub with verified data-driven facts about the virus. So it's trying to walk this very fine line where it wants to communicate that it's taking misinformation seriously and that it's going to create a platform that is is safe for people, but it's not going to punish its biggest star. Spotify now waiting to see if the actions taken will be enough. Guad Venegas, NBC News. So Spotify has updated their platform rules. And in that, they have updated a section related to content that promotes dangerous, false, or dangerous, deceptive medical information that may cause offline harm or poses a direct threat to public health. Hmm. They haven't necessarily specified what the response will be in these cases, like if if it's going to be removed. It basically remains to be seen how this is going to be enforced, but they do give examples of what that would include. And the examples that they give are asserting that AIDS, COVID-19, cancer, or other serious life-threatening diseases are a hoax or not real, encouraging the consumption of bleach products to cure various illnesses and diseases. That seems pretty specific about the bleach. There's other treatments that are being suggested that are not approved by the FDA or any other uh, medical boards. Well, and that's why I say it remains to be seen how this is going to be enforced, because are they giving such a specific example to say, okay, well, this content isn't saying this, so it can stay, or are they just giving this as an example, and then there's kind of wiggle room for other dangerous cures that are being promoted to then be looped in under this criteria. It seems like they're kind of taking a page out of every other platform's playbook where they leave it vague so then they can pick and choose who they enforce it on. Mm -hmm. Twitter, 
YouTube, Facebook, they've all done this. Yeah. And then there's also promoting or suggesting that vaccines approved by local health authorities are designed to cause death and encouraging people to purposefully get infected with COVID-19 in order to build immunity to it. Like COVID parties. Yes, like hosting COVID coronavirus parties. Yeah. So... This is, I mean, in one in one way, a positive development, I guess, because Spotify has finally responded after days of saying no comment and agreeing to take down the artists' music that are protesting. But they've also um, said they're going to put uh, markers or not warnings, but notices on any podcast that talk about COVID. So they're when they implement this policy, this episode in particular, will likely be flagged as an episode that addresses COVID-19. Yeah, I would say one thing that's strange about this is they paid Joe Rogan $100 million, Yeah, right, in order to publish his content exclusively Mm -hmm. on their platform. So it's kind of like they're releasing these platform rules for all content creators, but this is in a response to Joe Rogan's podcast. Their guy. The one that they paid for. It is a Spotify production. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I mean, really, every episode of Joe Rogan could be this, this portion of COVID misinformation is brought to you by Spotify. Right. Well, and we we had an interesting conversation on this month's Patreon hangout. This this came up, this issue of Joe Rogan, the issue of censorship, the issue of what is the end goal here, I think was the question that prompted a pretty lengthy discussion about what people think the response should be in terms of should he be removed, what should happen if he is removed, what are the effects ultimately going to be. And I think it is a difficult conversation. There's so many moving parts, but we've been having this on an ongoing basis with different platforms, with different figures. Alex Jones, Dan Bongino just lost his platform, although I haven't seen a lot of (laughs) discussion about that. He's not quite to the level Joe Rogan is, so no one really gives a shit. Although huge on, I mean, just like anything with like, even with us, you know, I've got 350,000 subscribers on YouTube right? and 14,000 followers on Twitter. It's, it doesn't really gel. It's, it's not across the board that if you're popular on one platform, you're going to be popular on another. Right. And yeah. so I think that's kind of this. With, with, with Dan Bongino, that's certainly the deal. Yeah. He got banned from YouTube. I don't even fucking know the guy was on YouTube. I didn't either. I think he has like a serious show, right? Doesn't yeah, he have like an on, official radio show? Media. Yeah. So what he, does he need like a he YouTube took channel? Over, he took over on terrestrial radio from like Rush Limbaugh or something. Yeah. Well, so I would be interested to hear from the audience on that issue specifically in terms of how they see this issue, how they see other social media platforms in terms of their responsibility for curbing some of the disinformation, misinformation that is put out on their platforms, especially related to Joe Rogan. But one other positive thing that happened here is Joe Rogan was forced to respond as well. I think you said, Jesse, that Spotify got in his ear. (laughs) High-level conversations. It must have been. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been releasing videos where he's talking about how I wanted to release a video 20 times in the video. I wanted to release a video. I wanted to. Yeah. (laughs) You were pressured to. I mean, I'm sure they gave him an ultimatum. Like, look, fucker. You're making things real difficult for us. You're still cashing the checks, bro. Yeah. Do the right thing here. Yes. 
Um, the podcast has been accused of spreading dangerous misinformation, specifically about two episodes, a little bit about some other ones, but specifically about two. One with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough and one with Dr. Robert Malone. Dr. Peter McCullough is a cardiologist and he is the most published physician in his field in history. Dr. Robert Malone owns nine patents on the creation of mRNA vaccine technology and is at least partially responsible for the creation of the technology that led to mRNA vaccines. Both these people are very highly credentialed, very intelligent, very accomplished people, and they have an opinion that's different from the mainstream narrative. I wanted to hear what their opinion is. I had them on, and because of that, those episodes in particular... Uh, those episodes were labeled as being dangerous. They had dangerous misinformation in them. The problem I have with the term misinformation, especially today, is that many of the things that we thought of as misinformation just a short while ago are now accepted as fact. Like, for instance, eight months ago, if you said, if you get vaccinated, you can still catch COVID and you can still spread COVID, you would be removed from social media. They They would ban you from certain platforms. Now, that's accepted as fact. If you said, I don't think cloth masks work, you would be banned from social media. Not true. Now, that's openly and repeatedly stated on CNN. If you said, I think it's possible that COVID-19 came... I just want to pause right there for a second and talk about the mask example specifically because... Okay. (laughs) Well, he's making a claim that you'd be banned from social media... Yeah. And that's just not the case. That's definitely not the case. But I also want to say that people that are not COVID skeptics are not saying that cloth masks don't work. They're saying, listen, any mask is better than no mask. If you have nothing else, wear a cloth mask, but other things are preferable. Are going to be are going to carry with them a a far higher level of efficacy toward preventing your spread of the virus and your getting the virus. Right. So it isn't as simple as he's making it out to be that now on CNN they're saying cloth masks are worthless. Yeah, shocking. He's make it's not as simple as he's making it out to be. From a lab, you'd be banned from many social media platforms. Now that's on the cover of Newsweek. All of those theories that at one point in time were banned were openly discussed by those two men that I had on my podcast that have been accused of dangerous misinformation. I do not know if they're right. I don't know because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm just a person who sits down and talks to people and has conversations with them. I'm just asking Do questions. I get things wrong? Absolutely. I get things wrong, but I try to correct them. Whenever I get something wrong, I try to correct it because I'm interested in telling the truth. I'm interested in finding out what the truth is. And I'm interested in having interesting conversations with people that have differing opinions. Yeah. So as he referenced the two people that appeared at the anti-defeat the mandates whatever rally the anti-vax rally yes this this past weekend i think it was defeat the mandates right i don't know the names <laughs> i don't bother myself with such trivialities okay page. well as he was describing those those two people that he had on his podcast dr robert malone and peter mccullough mm-hmm. he's using the argument from authority he's talking about their status and their published works yeah yeah and their accomplishments 
as though that says something about what their ideas are and it makes their ideas automatically valid. He's also using the, the turn of phrase that they're pushing about back against the mainstream narrative. Right. He means the medical consensus. Exactly. The consensus of science right now, mm-hmm. the overwhelming uh, narrative of people who agree who are in the field and specialists in the field, not cardiologists, but virologists, immunologists, epidemiologists, people who have studied this and been in the field their entire lives. Right. Not a heart doctor. So because Spotify got in Joe Rogan's ear, he has some solutions that he wants to talk about. One of the things that Spotify wants to do that I agree with is that at the beginning of these controversial podcasts, like specifically ones about COVID, is to put a disclaimer and say that you should speak with your physician and that these people and the opinions that they express are contrary to the opinions of uh, the consensus of experts, which I think is very important. Sure. Have that on I'm very happy with that. Um, Also, I think uh, if there's anything that I've done that I could do better is uh, have more experts with differing opinions right after I have the controversial ones. Uh, I would most certainly be open to doing that. And uh, I would like to talk to some people that have uh, differing opinions on those podcasts in the future. We'll see. We'll see. Again, this I kept that in there for a reason because it was pretty comical. And th- this is meaningless. This is meaningless. I love how he says that he wants to have basically what he's saying, reputable people on after he has the conspiracy theorists on right, right. to give a more even-handed perspective. Well, is and it it's also like, going to be uh, 10 to 1 nutters to, 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 to verifiable experts in the field? Well, it's also like when someone tweets misinformation and it gets tens of thousands of likes, tens of thousands right. of retweets, and then they add a follow-up tweet in the thread and say, Oops, I need to correct something in this tweet and that like gets five no likes. One sees that. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. one cares about it. Everyone keeps retweeting and liking the misinformation, spreading it all over the internet. It would be the same thing with Joe Rogan, where he has already fostered this within his audience. He has already encouraged an appreciation for conspiracies. He has validated them. He has he has given them uh, a far larger platform than they ever would have had without him. Right. And he can, I mean, shortly after he said, we'll see, he started to talk about having Sanjay Gupta on, for example. Sanjay Gupta is like his his guiding light for the reasonable people that he's had on his show. And he can't name very many, which seems like a problem. But again, on those other episodes with conspiracy theorists, all he does is shit all over Sanjay Gupta. So he had Sanjay Gupta on his show to hear him out and give the mainstream narrative perspective to his audience. And then every other opportunity he gets, he shits on Sanjay Gupta with conspiracy theorists. Right. So what's the point? People are going to listen to that. It is. He it's, it's by design. It's, it's the same thing when like Donald Trump says two things, one more reasonable than the other continues to say the batshit crazy thing, but then says, well, I also said this. Remember the time I said this other decent thing? Mm -hmm. No, you don't get credit for the one time that you said the decent thing or the one time you had somebody reasonable on when the vast majority of all your episodes are, are, are just rife with conspiracy theory and misinformation that is dangerous. That I mean, he's promoting... Whack job cures that are not approved by the FDA. Right. It's 
it's moving in the right direction, I guess, is what I want to say. But we're not there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's like the conversation that I, I think I was primarily having with Marcus on the Patreon call. Hello, Marcus. I got it, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. In case you didn't know what that was. Yeah. It's back on the board. <laughs> and it is a, it, it is a quandary. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy question, an easy answer to give. What do we do? Because should he just be removed from the air? I mean, I think the world would probably be a better place. But he does have a right to speak. Should the government get involved? No, I don't think so. So it is up to a Spotify. Yeah, well, and that's where I think that he has a right to speak is kind of meaningless in this context, right? Because the government's not taking action. Yeah, I mean, this isn't about the government. This isn't about the First Amendment. This is about Spotify, a private company. And, well, the market is speaking right now, right? They're forcing their hand. Yeah, and that's why they released the statement. That's why they had Joe Rogan record a video of himself talking about the solutions that Spotify has offered that he agrees with, that he's really excited that about. He's being, his hand <laughs> is being forced here. Yeah, because when you have artists starting to remove their music from your platform and, and people deleting their app, deleting their account, yeah, right. writing in the comment the reason that they deleted is because you you are helping spread misinformation around the internet – they will start to listen because it's hitting where it counts in their pocket. Yeah, for sure. So as always, we would love to know what you think. We we do want to have a conversation here. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email those voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. And Jesse, as we know, the only thing that can counter bad speech is more speech. Your favorite thing. And so conservatives have to be loving all of the protest that's happening yeah, right it's now. More speech it's just countering more speech. speech. That's all it is. It's just an exercise in freedom of speech. They love it. Uh, they've got to love it. <laughs> Here we are. It's a it's a it's a free speech utopia for conservatives like Joe Rogan and uh Who's the, the the Dave Rubin types? Yes. You know, it's a good time. Mm-hmm. I Doubt It is a listener-supported podcast. Support comes from our most loyal, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners just like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month would help keep the conversation moving forward one podcast at a time. If you have a few dollars to spare each month, we invite you to help produce the show by joining the Patreon family, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. We would like to give a special shout out to our new Patreon supporters, Sylvia GL, Sylvia GL, Janessa H, Janessa H, and Arjaven F, Arjaven F. Yes. <laughs> and then we would like to give a special shout out to Grace L, Grace L, for Increasing the pledge. Increasing. I'm not just going to keep repeating, so. <laughs> and a special shout out to Grace because Grace has been a longtime supporter of the show, longtime listener of the show. We often get to see Grace on the Patreon Hangouts, which is awesome. Just so, like we did this last weekend. Yes. And if you would like to join the Patreon Hangouts, it is going to be next month. Remember, they are the last Saturday of the month. Now at one. 1 p.m. Eastern Time. P.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That is right. We're still getting it figured out. (laughs) (laughs) 
Those are the times, though. Yes. As fumble-fucked as they were, those are the times. We'll, we will repeat that throughout the month so that we can get used to it and also you can get used to it. But remember, Saturday the 26th at 1 p.m. Eastern time will be the next hangout for those in the appropriate tier. We so appreciate your support of the show. We're excited for things to come in 2022. We're still getting the podcast studio situated so that we can go back to recording on video at least once a week, which is what we want to do. We are sitting in a very messy room right now. It's still in flux, still in flux, but we are getting there. We are in the YouTube studio. We have a separate room that's going to be just podcast. Yeah. We're getting it all figured out and dialed in. There's time. I'm excited. Brittany's excited. We are. Our excitement should be contagious over into your ear holes. We hope. We we hope. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, we love you guys. We love your support. We appreciate you so much. Uh, We would not be able to do what we do without you. And we recognize that. And it's something that Brittany and I talk about uh, more than you would think. It It is a common refrain of how lucky we are to do what we do. And it's only because of you that we are able to do that. So thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you um, so much. Stalemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So we haven't talked about Donald Trump in quite a while. We haven't played Donald Trump's fucking voice in quite a while. That is true. It's been a nice break. It it has been a nice break, but the break is over. Mm -hmm. Things happened this weekend that cannot be ignored. He issued a statement uh, yesterday on Sunday, and then he also held a rally at which he said some alarmingly incendiary things. Let's start with this statement. That really is an admission that what he had planned for Mike Pence on January 6th, the date of the insurrection and, not coincidentally, the date of the certification of the election. He is admitting that his plan for Mike Pence was that he was to overturn the election. Quote, overturn the election, unquote. Here's the statement. If Vice President... Mike Pence, parenthetically, like we don't know who the vice president was, (laughs) had, quote unquote, absolutely no right to change the presidential election results in the Senate, despite fraud and many other irregularities. How come the Democrats, seriously wrote, how come the Democrats, Mm -hmm. how come the Democrats and rhino Republicans like wacky Susan Collins are desperately trying to pass legislation that will not allow the vice president to change the results of the election. Actually, what they are saying is that Mike Pence did have the right to change the outcome, and they now want to take that right away. Unfortunately, he didn't exercise that power. He could have overturned the election. Just want to have a quick side note yes. that Susan Collins was asked this weekend uh, if she would support Donald Trump if he ran for re-election in 2024. Did not answer. She did not answer. <laughs> she said it's too soon to be having that conversation. She didn't have an immediate no response. So I just want everyone to know that in the context of this statement. they are Republicans are quaking in their metaphorical boots over Donald Trump and his sway. Over the Republican electorate. Mm -hmm. 
Otherwise, you would say, absolutely not. Am I going to support a man who is saying, unfortunately, the vice president didn't exercise the power that he doesn't actually have? He could have overturned the election. Yeah. Not steered it in the correct direction. Not taken it back from Joe Biden trying to steal it, quote unquote. He could have overturned the election. One single human being who is actually on the ticket. That's what Donald Trump wanted. He wanted to erase the votes of 81 million Americans. Disenfranchisement on a scale never before seen. See, this is what's terrifying, and especially related to what we were just talking about with the responsibility of these large platforms when it comes to social media with the next election. Right. If we're going to have Donald Trump doing this again... It really just shows that Twitter made absolutely, absolutely, absolutely made the right call by banning Donald Trump from Twitter. Well, yeah, I mean, you tweet a Wordle spoiler and you get <laughs> you get immediate action taken. But as, you as well, you should. I mean, we should have SWAT teams showing up to people's houses <laughs> if you fucking spoil Wordle. I Don't mean, piss me off about Wordle that's, now. That's that's a bit much, but <laughs> we know you're passionate about your Wordle. Listen. Th- this is alarming that now it's it's not even like a dog whistle or he's, he's alluding to it. It's straight out there. Mm-hmm. He could have overturned the election, quote unquote, Donald Trump, former president of the United States of America. Yeah. Defender of democracy mm-hmm. should be a champion for the democratic process. Mm-hmm. No, he's not. Well, and do you think Democrats are failing by yes. not reg- <laughs> by not regularly talking about this? Yes, and not and and more so, not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hear, oh, well, I hear there's things being done behind the scenes, and fuck that, because at the the more they do it behind the scenes, the less the American people are privy to the details. <laughs> And this is a case where we all have a right to this information. This is our democracy, too. Doing this behind closed doors does no one any favors whatsoever. Here are a few moments that really struck with me, stuck with me, and struck me (laughs) uh, from the rally this weekend. Mm -hmm. One, he's talking about the racists who are fighting against him, who are battling against him and trying to put him in jail. It's racism against the white man. Is uh, what he's saying. The the the, the individual black uh, district attorneys, attorney general. There's two. We have uh, the district attorney in Manhattan. It's not Cyrus Vance anymore. It's now uh, a black gentleman. The district attorney in Fulton County, Georgia, is a black woman, and of course, the attorney general in New York State is a black woman. Listen to him say that it's racism against him. But that's really what they want. It really is prosecutorial misconduct at the highest level. These prosecutors are vicious, horrible people. They're racists and they're very sick. They're mentally sick. They're going after me without any protection of my rights by the Supreme Court or most other courts. In reality, they're not after me. They're after you. And I just happen to be the person that's in the way. That's what they're after. It's been going on for years. With no regard for his constitutional rights from the Supreme Court. 
So he's looking to the, the overwhelmingly white Supreme Court to de- to to take up for him mm-hmm. because these racist blacks have it out for him. I mean, that's that's the narrative he's saying here mm-hmm. to his overwhelmingly white Texas audience. Well, and I guess that that line is still working, that they are really coming for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, they loved it. Well, that's martyrdom. Yeah. It's baked into their religion. It's baked into everything about Republicans. Oh, poor us. Poor us. Gross. Disgusting. Untrue. Mm-hmm. There is no There is no agenda to take down middle America, to take down. It's like... For a generation, Republicans have been talking about this, that it's flyover country. It's coastal elites. All of it's baked, it's prejudice baked into their martyrdom. Well, and I also think when people hear this clip, they think, well, who's really showing up to these rallies? These are like fringe figures, right? Mm. Well, according to a Quinnipiac University poll earlier this month, seven in 10 Republicans believe that there is widespread fraud in the 2020 election. That has only been uh, brought to um, a mainstream attitude by Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Before this, it wasn't the thought. Mm Mm-hmm. Even the Republican Party's attempt to try to make photo ID and all these other voter restriction ideas, they couldn't get it done because they wouldn't go straight to deep conspiracy territory. Donald Trump didn't mind doing it, and it has convinced it's mass delusion. Mm -hmm. Here he is saying that if they do come for him, if they do hold him accountable, if there is prosecutions, he uses different language, but if that's the case, there needs to be massive, widespread protests, larger than any that we've ever seen, and we've had protests here in D.C. We just witnessed one almost 13 months ago with the insurrection, right? and he wants his protesters to get out there in the streets, and he names three specific municipalities. If these radical, vicious, racist prosecutors do anything wrong or illegal, I hope we are going to have in this country the biggest protest we have ever had in Washington, D.C., in New York, in Atlanta, and elsewhere, because our country and our elections are corrupt. They're corrupt. Now, he's using the words wrong or illegal. If they do anything wrong or illegal, but if we're going to listen to Donald Trump on ba- based uh, uh, for, for what is wrong or illegal, who that could be anything. He's already lying saying the election was stolen, that there was widespread fraud that has been disproven in over 60 courts, which included Donald Trump's own appointed judges. The Supreme Court smacked him down. So he's not going to go off what is true. What is what is verifiable? He's going to go off what he says, mm-hmm. and he's calling for violence. He might say the word protest, but last time he called for protest, there was violence. People died. Mm-hmm. Over 150 cops were assaulted and harmed. The law and order candidate. This is serious. Well, and it reminds me of all of the Fox News hosts' text messages that were revealed. Right. Laura Ingram, Sean Hannity. Attempting to reel him in, including additional um, communications that were revealed that Sean Hannity had sent to Kaylee McEnany, for example, saying no more crazy people. 
quote unquote, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. is what he talked about. Yeah. And also encouraging no more stolen election talk. I wonder how they feel about this latest speech, knowing that they behind the scenes obviously want him to reel it in and stop this. I wonder if they feel at this point that there's something to it. It's working. Seven in 10 Republicans now believe it. So they might as well just keep going, right? Yeah, I'm... I don't give a fuck what they do behind the scenes because their public-facing persona is parroting this nonsense. It's furthering the lie that Donald Trump won the election. So who cares what they do behind the scenes? It's not affecting... It's not impacting his behavior. It's like Ivanka Trump was supposed to be this moderating figure, reeling him in from the edge... And absolutely no, she did not. Mm-hmm. Don Jr., we have him on record because of the the, the, the records released by the committee, mm-hmm. that he was telling Mark Meadows, he's got to get out there. He's got to make a statement. This is insane. He doesn't listen. Well, I guess it's for my own curiosity of like, how do these people... Live with themselves? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, how do they... I don't know, how does that math work for them that they can feel good about themselves day to day and how they're living their lives when they are doing something very damaging in public knowing that it's wrong? Yeah, I don't know. I I, I wonder sometimes if they exist in this, like they think this is all just like a, like a reality television show. Mm. There's no consequences to this. Mm-hmm. Well, people have lost their lives because mm-hmm. of this rhetoric. Mm-hmm. People have literally died. People went to the Capitol. I mean, we watched the comical video of the lady. It's a revolution. Yeah. We're storming the Capitol. Knoxville, Tennessee. Knoxville, Tennessee. (laughs) She really thought that she was doing something noble and grand. Yeah. And she was... uh, I got maced. I got maced. They maced me. She really thought she was like a revolutionary. Mm -hmm. She thought it was 1776 like Lauren Boebert tweeted. Yeah. These are not smart people. These are people who who feel like they're part of something larger because Donald Trump told them so. And they're not smart enough to recognize that Donald Trump is but a charlatan. So this is my fear of how much worse this next election is going to be with the misinformation, with people like Joe Rogan, who during the last election were voting for Bernie Sanders, they claim. He right, claims. Right, right, <laughs> And now he is this figure that is having Tim Pool on and is buddy-buddy yeah, with all fox. these people in the yeah. in the right wing. So Also trying to say that uh, that Joe Biden is uh, is senile. Yes, absolutely. The same, the other conspiracy theory narratives that Republicans like to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there was another part of the speech that should be alarming to everybody who really actually does have any respect for the rule of law whatsoever. And that is where Donald Trump went on this jag about how if I'm elected president, well, one, he's going to have to run for president for this to happen. Wait so a minute. I thought he was president. Well, th- that, yeah, that's a side. That's an aside. <laughs> oh, okay. But one, campaign finance laws are such that he can't, if he announces he's running for president, then he's going to have to start accounting for the money he's making. Mm-hmm. That he, is, that he is being donated to his campaign and his efforts. but So he's not doing that. But if he says, if I get elected, I, I don't know, it's just, it's strange. But in this clip, he's talking about issuing pardons for the hundreds of, of insurrectionists 
who attacked our democracy, who stormed the Capitol, who attacked police officers, who threatened the life of his own vice president, Mike Pence. Remember, hang Mike Pence. They erected a a hangman's gallow on the lawn of the Capitol. Mm -hmm. And Donald Trump is all eager to issue hundreds of pardons to let them off the hook. So many people have been asking me about it. If I run and if I win, we will treat those people from January 6th fairly. We will treat them fairly. And if it requires pardons, we will give them pardons because they are being treated so unfairly. This hasn't happened to all of the other atrocities that took place recently. Nothing like this has happened. What that unselect committee is doing and what the people are doing that are running those prisons, it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. He doesn't say how they're being treated unfairly, by the way. You notice that. Leaving it real vague. When would he ever do that? And that um, what atrocities is he talking about? Mm -hmm. Again, I mean, this is why I'm happy we don't we don't play a bunch of Donald Trump clips on the show anymore, because it's just what the fuck is this idiot talking about? Mm -hmm. But he's talking about pardoning criminals, Mm -hmm. traitors to the United States of America who attempted to overthrow our government, a failed coup, a practice run. At a coup. Well, there's no consistency with this guy because, again, when he was pressured by those Fox News types, by the people in his inner circle, he was encouraged to go out and talk about how <laughs> he heard them, he loves them. Yeah, they're special people. They're special, but it's time to reel it in. This isn't what this is about. After that, he was forced to admonish them. I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack on the United States Capitol. Like all Americans, I am outraged by the violence, lawlessness, (laughs) and outraged. I immediately deployed the National Guard and federal law enforcement to secure the building and expel the intruders. America is and must always be a nation of law and order. Law and order! The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seat of American democracy. Defiled the seat. To those who engaged in the acts of violence and destruction, you do not represent our country. And to those who broke the law, you will pay. You will pay until I'm run for president again, and I'm going to promise that I'm going to pardon you. And then it was only hours later, or days later, that he gave another address, seated in the Oval Office, talking about their behavior again. Keep in mind... Let's keep this let's keep this timeline here. This is a guy who this weekend said he was going to pardon them and this is what he said only days after. My fellow Americans, I want to speak to you tonight about the troubling events of the past week. As I have said, the incursion of the US Capitol struck at the very heart of our republic. It angered and appalled millions of Americans across the political spectrum. I want to be very clear. I unequivocally condemn the violence that we saw last week. Violence and vandalism have absolutely no place in our country and no place in our movement. Making America great again has always been about defending the rule of law, supporting the men and women of law enforcement, and upholding our nation's most sacred traditions and values. 
Mob violence goes against everything I believe in and everything our movement stands for. No true supporter of mine could ever endorse political violence. No true supporter of mine could ever disrespect law enforcement or our great American flag. No true supporter of mine could ever threaten or harass their fellow Americans. <laughs> if you do any of these things, you are not supporting our movement. You are attacking it, and you are attacking our country. We cannot tolerate it. Until I'm running for president, and I promise that I'm going to pardon you all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, this is why it's so important for the media to not get swept up in, oh, well, he said blah, blah, blah. It was a good, oh, he said the vaccine. He took the vaccine. Right. He's saying you you got to admit that you got the vaccine. He's the exact same person. Yeah, he's exactly who he has always been. Mm-hmm. He's going to say what's politically expedient at the time. He's going to say the thing that he think is going to help him. He has no core values whatsoever, not even adherence to democracy. Right. It, it is. Do your fucking jobs, media. Do your jobs. Gross. Well, that's why we have you. Yeah, I don't get paid enough. <laughs> I don't get paid enough. <laughs> anyway, we'd love to know what you think about this. Am I overreacting? No. Is Brittany Page overreacting? No. Most things, yes, but not about this. <laughs> I am a woman after all. <laughs> That's right. Calm down over there, lady. You're just a woman with a small brain. Hysterical. With a brain a third the size of us. It's science. It's science. We'd love to hear from you, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We love you guys. We're going to leave you there. We'll see you at the end of the week with more news and comment from the likes of my dumbass and the lovely and talented Brittany Page. And hopefully with fresh baby feet. Fresh, fresh fresh-ass baby feet. Not brought to you by... Baby feet. Not brought to you by baby feet. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. Until then, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.